What's up? Is it falling out of your ear? Yes, because the last ones I lost, and so the little cone isn't big enough to go in my ear hole. Not going to go. <laughs> Not going to take the bait. <laughs> Not going to take big I things large <laughs> enough to fit in various holes. I'm not talking ear about hole. that. Ear hole. Sure, it's an ear hole. Ear hole. Okay, shall we? From some far-flung corner of the globe. Wait. The globe is a sphere. How does it have a corner? Shut up. This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Now with... Even more Shivo and a few of their traveling friends. Each of them sharing stories of everyday experiences of travels around the world. Hello, vicarious travelers from all around the globe. Welcome back to Bangkok, Thailand. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Thanks for joining us, kids. That's a new way I'm intro. How do you think it? I don't know. <laughs> not, not so great for you? I'm not the guy hey, I like did you, so much. Hey, did you hear the story? I just read this before we started recording today. Um, a couple of taxi drivers here in Bangkok were found in possession of like 871 kilograms of it's a very marijuana. very specific number. Well, I mean, they do have scales over here. That makes, that makes sense. 871 pounds of marijuana, these two taxi drivers. We're fought with. None of my taxi drivers have ever offered me pot. Well, these guys were tr- bought it for five thousand baht per kilo, about one hundred and forty bucks or so. Okay. Well. Uh, and they were trying to sell it for seventy five hundred baht per kilo, which would be around two sixty or so. And it got me to thinking. That sounds like a deal. Yeah, it's pretty low. Yeah, because you know there's two point two pounds to or to a kilo, and it's roughly on the wholesale market back, like in Colorado, a, a state where they can legally yeah. trade. It goes for somewhere around like two thousand U.S. dollars right. per pound. Right. Not, not you know, a hundred and forty bucks. That's like. 1980s prices. I think, <laughs> I think what it means is Thailand just has shit weed. I, <laughs> that could be. I think that that's it. Be. But but listen, that's not what I want to talk about today. Well, that's good. Uh, I want to talk about, speaking of international incidents. Yes. Having international incidents. You, my love, have one of the, the things you stated early on in our travels and travails is that we we shall not have any international incidents. I had to. You know why. Why? Why? Because you like to get yourself in trouble. Well, I'm not sure that I like to get myself in trouble. It's really more just an innate skill that I have. It happens. It totally happens. So we've been on the road now for some 15, 16 months now. Is it 16 months? Yeah, probably. I think we're edging into the 16th month now. Um, Hmm. Or maybe it's been 16 full months. How have we done? I thought it might be a good thing for us to do to tell our check. Tell our listener. <laughs> well, let's check our scorecard. How have we done on on the international incidents scale? Country by country, however or just you want to do it, my love. Where would you like to do? It? I think country by country could be kind of dull and boring. Um, but so, how have we done? What are what are your thoughts? I I think we've only been in a uh, a police vehicle once. That is true. 
a singular police vehicle trip, so that's not bad. No, I'm trying to think, um, have we had any time where we've like truly gotten in trouble? And I don't think so. But I think we've had the opportunity to get ourselves in trouble. We always have the opportunity. There's plenty of those things that have happened. Um, and I suppose the one that is most recent is the one that... And here's also possibly the most puzzling is... <laughs> You said this was about me? <laughs> but when I look back at the potential international incidents, they've all surrounded you. Shh. No, no. There's no shing. <laughs> we have like seven more minutes of this. All of our international incidents or, or things that could have led to an international incident have had to do with you. Most do you share, specifically I don't know what you're talking about. Most specifically last weekend, you wanted to break into the train graveyard here in Bangkok. True. I wanted to see the old trains. Okay, I understand you've got a problem with impulse control. You wanted to see the old trains. And I, and I guess I will back up and say it's, it's my fault. It's my fault because as we were going to the airport to do something, I forget exactly what it was, we were on the airport train link, and I was doing what I normally do, which is look out the window and, and, and see the scenery of this new city. You were doing what you normally do, which means read a book or look at your phone or something else, not paying attention. And I saw the old abandoned trains in this heavily wooded area and stupidly said to you, hey, honey, look, old abandoned trains. And what did you do immediately? Awesome. We got to go. Yes. And what did you do for like the next five minutes after that? Um, every hour on the hour. <laughs> We've got to go. We've yeah. got to go to the train yard. We've got to yeah. go to the train yard. You might be a little OCD. I believe we've <laughs> talked about that. I'm not sure we've talked about it on this particular show. Hey, I want what I want. You've got a problem. So you I, fixated on that. Maybe. You wanted to do that. Was it fun? Hold on. First off, we've got to get there. So what research had you done Prior to us going... That's uh, not my job. Yeah, zero is the, is the right it's answer. It's not my job. Right. So you had a day off last Thursday. You were off for Coronation Day. Yes. Uh, and that's not the day everybody in Thailand goes and buys Corona. No. Right, it's not Corona Nation. It's Coronation. So you said we're going to go then and there to the train yard. Yes. And what did I say? How are we getting there? Where is it? Yes, all things that anybody would do. But again, we've already established you didn't do any work whatsoever. Nope. So we went and we found a giant fence, like designed to keep velociraptors either inside or outside. It was surrounding really cool. the giant abandoned three kilometer long train yard. Yes. But Were you deterred wait, by wait, that? I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up a minute. Oh, okay. Because actually I think part of this was your problem. How? At one point you go, I think we can get in right through there. I think the metal's pulled back. After you said, honey, I don't care that there is an 18 foot tall <laughs> concrete fence that has four rows of razor wire on top of it. I think 
there's a chance that there's a door that says, hello, welcome Sheila to the abandoned train yard. Everyone else must stay out, but you, you can come on in. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. It works for me. So we walked down the abandoned street that looked like it was straight out of a zombie apocalypse movie. Well, that you're jumping ahead because before that we were in the what looks like an abandoned. Well, it wasn't looking like an abandoned building. It was a building looks brand new, but nobody's in it at all. That's true. It was it was a day filled with abandonment. I mean, was there was there an international incident in the train station itself proper that well, I we that were I trying missed? to go out areas that we weren't supposed to. How was that? When we went down the... I'm pretty sure getting yelled at by a maid <laughs> is not grounds for international incident. Okay. I okay. don't think that really qualifies. Probably not. However, I do think that going to the end of the Velociraptor repelling fences for two kilometers and finding a gap in the hastily assembled metal work where someone clearly ran a vehicle through the fence at some point in time... That might have been breaking and entering, or at least, if not breaking and entering, at least trespassing. Whatever. I did get some of my shots that I wanted. By the way, if you're a member uh, of the of the Thai police force, we didn't go inside. I was stating for the record, we did not go inside. And in fact, the only photographic evidence we have of the trains is from outside of the fence, so you've got no proof of us going inside. Do not deport us, please. Thank you. So yeah, that international incident was all you. Okay. What about before that? I don't know anything before that. We had the police truck incident as we were on our way to the island. The island, by the way, that you wanted to go to. I didn't for, want to do anything that birthday. day. I didn't want to do anything. It was my birthday. I wanted to just sit home and sleep. No. You said we have to go to an island. Fine. We'll go to an island which required transportation in a Thai police truck. Right? I get that. And what else? We had some close calls with terrorism. Yeah. That's, that's when we were in same. Copenhagen, we were just mm-hmm. by the area where that happened. So we could have been involved in an international incident there. But that wasn't something that we we particularly did. That we caused. No, typically right. we don't cause you know mass acts of terrorism. Right. right. Not, not that's happening. Were we close anywhere else? I don't think so. So it's been we're pretty effing boring then. Yeah. We haven't done anything we need worthy to liven of getting things up. I have some ideas that we can. Of course you do. So I can get right to the particular anecdote, or I can kind of get all the way there. I don't know what you. Well, how about you do me a little bit of meandering and and, and get us there? I mean, let's 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 not start at the beginning, um, but you know, somewhere nearby. For those of you who recognize the voice... Chris Van Slyke. Don't worry. Chris is about to tell us a humorous story about his family road trip. And for those who don't know about Chris... I work with creative teams in Phoenix and uh, ended up taking an extended road trip with my family. Taking two school-aged daughters and an infant son on an open-ended cross-country road trip isn't everyone's idea of a much-needed vacation. But it was for Chris and Melissa who found their family of six tragically cut down to five after losing their not even two-year-old son Atticus to cancer just a few months before. Maybe a family road trip was just what they needed. With, that is, 
the right soundtrack. I'll let Chris take it from here. We packed up the family and we took the kids out of school and we're like, all right, well, let's do this. And we know a lot of people along the West Coast. And so our pace along the West Coast was really slow. Like it took us a month to get to Seattle. Like we did, you know, almost a week with family uh, outside of Santa Barbara, a week with friends in Sonoma County, um, and then a week in Portland. And uh, and so, you know, a couple overnights here in the middle, like we, we went to uh, the Monterey Aquarium, like, like the girls' class at school was learning about sea turtles, and my daughters were seeing sort of sea turtles. So it's like, okay, you win. Um, and then uh, head all, all the way up to Seattle. And, you know, we did like the, the slow week in Portland, and we got to Seattle, and we did kind of the touristy weekend there, crammed a bunch of stuff in over basically a day and a half. And we decide, we had said, okay, when we get to Seattle, we will decide if we're going to do the rest of the crazy trip. And we thought, you know what, when are we ever going to do this again? We're you know, I'm not employed, but we're in an okay spot that way. We've got the kids out of school. What, you know, let's, let's go ahead and do this. And so my wife's family is all in Portland, Maine. And so we basically went from Portland to Portland in about a week. So we did, a, it took a month to get to, to Seattle <laughs> and then, and then a week to get across the country, which is actually further, it's further to get from Washington to Maine than it is to get from Arizona to Maine. Um, just because the country's so much wider up there. Right. And so, and so we're like, okay, well, well, we're here. Well, let's do, let's go down through uh, Montana down to Yellowstone. And so we went to Yellowstone. We saw Old Faithful and it just, the whole place was just gorgeous. But we did that, you know, for a couple hours and we drove all the way to uh, Mount Rushmore and then to Mall of America, visited friends in New York, uh, upstate New York, where we stayed on their farm, went to Niagara Falls, the whole thing. So basically a week later we were in Portland. But when we got to Mount Rushmore, it, uh, so it's this, amazing, beautiful thing. And it was the kind of thing that both my wife and I were like, okay, well, we should probably see Mount Rushmore. Like we're in this part of the country. We're never going to fly to South Dakota to drive to see Mount Rushmore, you know? So, okay, well let's just go. So we went, we we defaced this mountain. Clearly someone (laughs) needs to look at it. Someone needs to look at this thing. And so, you know, okay, well, we might as well see it. So we got there and I think both of us were actually a little bit surprised at how impactful it was. It was, Hmm. It was really, really cool for both of us, and the girls enjoyed it. And um, but you know, my wife, Melissa, mentioned to me, she's like, "What? What is with these cameras that are?" There was like some more kind of, you know, either really high end amateur or low end pro cameras that were around, and people were setting up kind of in like where you would want to see this shot of down all of the flags pointing at you know pointing at the, the mountain and the faces, and and there's these kind of cameras in the way. I said, like, "What is that about?" And and so I'm facing the mountain, she's facing me, and she's asking about the cameras. And I say, oh, well, because well, Ozzy Osbourne's here. She's like, what? Because I'm looking over her shoulder and Ozzy Osbourne is walking towards us. And she's like, what? No, she turns around and it's <laughs> so, yep, sure enough. Ozzy Osbourne, we didn't ask, you know, I assume they're shooting some, I don't know, a pilot for some show, you know, showing Ozzy America. I have no idea. But it was of all the random encounters to have, at, at Mount Rushmore, other than maybe like Lil Wayne, I think like Ozzy Osbourne is pretty high up on the list of unlikely people to run into. So that was pretty stellar. Did, did the girls recognize him? No, but part of our trip was that in order for the girls to watch DVDs in the minivan, which was essential for us, uh, in order for them to earn that privilege, 
they had to listen to music other than like Kids Bop or Taylor Swift or whatever. And so we listened to Crazy Train and we listened to a couple of things like that afterwards. Oh, like this is the guy that we saw, you know, but but they had we, we had them listen to Queen and listen to ABBA and listen to just like uh, Herb Alpert. Like, you know, we, we went through as many different kind of directions as we could of like, this is kind of required listening for being, <laughs> being a part of a, of our family and society. Like you need to know these, who these people are, you know, so they, they would have to listen to that stuff and kind of recount it to us and, uh, and, you know, tell us about either some of the songs or whatever, uh, or who it was that, that they had learned about. Yeah. And then they could earn their, you know, Disney DVD in the backseat, um, you know, which gave us a little bit of, of time to, you know, to talk or whatever we needed up in front. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. Ozzy at the Mount Rushmore. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a founding father of, of metal, so it makes sense, I guess. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. In, in metal was what it took to carve those rocks. So <laughs> it all there's, comes the, together. It there's the connection we were looking for. <laughs> the show next week is the rocket festival which i have mixed feelings about on one hand homemade rockets with a high chance of explosion but the forecast calls for temperatures over 40 c that's 104 fahrenheit with blistering sunny skies can we have some of that dry heat back phoenix Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all of the music used in this episode. For Evoterra, I'm Sheila D. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. See you next week, unless we blow ourselves up. Cheers! Funding for this podcast and all the great content Shivo produce is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit shivo.wtf slash postcards to pledge your support and get a handwritten postcard each month as they travel abroad. Additional funding provided by Travelsmith, inspiring people to go places they've never been and keeping Shivo looking smart and well-outfitted on their journey. And if you want to travel the world, it's cheaper than you think. Visit shivo.wtf, how appropriate, for more details and click on the house-sitting link to find out exactly how they afford to travel the world in style. See you next time on the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast.